This is Comic Picks by the Glick. Hey, I'm your host, Jason Glick. Good afternoon, Jason Glick. How's it going? It's going great, John. It's like because we because we are bringing bringing you this podcast live from from the San Jose Marriott. Yes, that explains all the nice little ambient noise you're listening to right now. <laughs> yes, because like for the first time in a long, long while, we are actually in the same room while recording this. Yes, we're overlooking the beautiful city of San Jose, especially near the convention center because of FanimeCon. Yes, and God knows how I love this con more than any other con I, I've been to. It's like today. It's like today is best. I mean, what we've encountered today so far has best, been best described as a kind of a clusterfuck. That's right. Exactly. Oh yeah. Lines. We can see the lines from here, man. Yeah, we're on the 18th floor in a corner room, and we can we can look down and we can see the line for the pre-registration, <laughs> um, like going going in because apparently like, there was this huge power outage yesterday, and now they're they weren't able to get like you know all the massive amounts of people who showed up yesterday to register. Yeah. So now. Everyone's having to stand in line, so we're basically dealing with like you know Comic Con lines. Yep, like for for pre registration. Exactly. But you know after we're done with this, like we're just we just like I made the, the executive decision to say fuck it, and we're gonna go ahead and like get get in line anyway. Exactly, exactly. But hey, what a great time to record a podcast, right? That's exactly it, John. And uh, along with that, it looks like you brought some manga with you. So I that, did. that's that's a night that's a, that's keeping with the theme of anime. Yes, because like, <laughs> God knows, like it would be like um like heretical blast. <laughs> or whatever you want to call it, to just like not talk about a manga when we're at a an anime convention. So, like, in continuing with what I guess is like my um, my blog and the podcast um, like mission of just you know talking about every obscure under underappreciated um, science fiction series because like I'm talking about you know like God knows I love beating the dead horse about how everyone needs to go out and buy a copy of Eden. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about um, like uh, Viz's great um, Bokurano. Um, and also, like if I never talked about it before, there's also um, Dark Horse's um, "The Two Faces of Tomorrow," a collection of a 12 issue maxi series they did, like except, like almost a decade ago, I think, that had a great um, like meta, um, like a meta concept in the sense that you know, like uh, like talking about humans like trying to develop um, artificial intelligence in order to you know facilitate um, outer space exploration, but they also figured like okay, but these humans are also figuring talking about okay, well, what happens when the AI goes insane? How do we prepare for that? Uh, how? Yes. <laughs> I mean, it, it had a great meta concept in the sense that, you know, how do we account for the fact that, you know, what if the AI, like, you know, starts going nuts and what do we have, what do, we have to do in order to counter that? Um, that, it's a great, great setup, great, great initial execution, but then it eventually descends into the fact that, okay, the AI does go kind of, kind of insane, and then we've got to um, f- find out, we got to, um, like, deal with that along the way. Eventually, it, like things do um, resolve into like a, it, it's like I said, it's it's still executed pretty well. It's from from Yukinobu Hoshino, who also did um, um, two thousand and one nights. Um, it's it's like I said, it's a good it's a good read. It has a good old school science fiction series and the science fiction feel. That you know, it's all about like the high ideas. The characters are archetypes, and like I, and like you know like all the it's like all all like men, the men do manly things, the women. Like the women just like oh fawn over them and go oh so but it's 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 fun it's entertaining and I just wish it had run with its meta concept um, a bit more than it did but here right now we're talking I'm um, continuing my my um, ongoing quest to, talk to um get you to buy or illuminate you to the virtues of like unappreciated uh, manga sci-fi with Viz's um, Saturn Apartments oh. this is a series by um, Hisai Iwaoka. And it's about um, like window washers in low Earth in um, no, upper Earth atmosphere. 
because this is a, this is a world where basically humans have gone and polluted the earth to the point where it's virtually uninhabitable, and now like everyone's living out on a ring encircling the earth. Mm. Now this leads to its own set of complications, such as um, such as like you know um, like immunodeficiency syndrome due to um, lack of um, like a proper environment, lack of um, exposure to sunlight, um, um, social stratification because you've got like the people li- living in the higher excuse me, the higher areas who are just like the more well-off and then like lower areas who are just like, oh, we're just kind of like the grunts doing all the stuff. It's like, it's, the setup is, well, let me get to that later on. And then you have the middle area, which is basically all the bureaucratical stuff, which is basically like, you know, public areas, schools, whatnot. Is it, uh, so I assume this has artificial gravity then? Yes. It's like, it's, this is, this isn't a hard sci-fi series. This is basically, this is basically just like, you're taking the, uh, it's like we're taking the, the idea of like, this is these are the character the main characters in the series are part of a window washers guild because basically like, like in um, upper earth, earth atmosphere you're, the windows are still going to still going to be um, covered with gunk and so someone still needs to clean them mm-hmm. and um, these and these people are they're the they're the people who are set out to do this now I talked about this series um, a while ago on my blog and I gave like a fairly uh, like harsh assessment of the first volume um, like a while a while back. I believe I um, rectified that in my second post about the second volume. But the thing is, like, um, Saturn Apartments is basically like a character-driven sci-fi in the vein of um, Makoto Yukimura's um, great, great Plantis, mm. which is um, kind of it's kind of like the bar for which all like, character-driven science fiction series um, like like aspire to. I was going to say it kind of shares the same type of a premise. Not it, it deals with people working in space, but. As uh, as something that is a perceived menial job, you know. Yeah, and, you know, grunt work in space. Grunt work in space, exactly. Yeah, and it's a, it's like, and it's a, it, and the thing is, like, um, uh, Iwaka does actually does actually do for the most part does a good job of like a flush, flushing out its cast, giving its characters like um like goals, ambitions, it's like um hopes, desires, like basically stuff that allows us to empathize with them. It's uh, uh, I mean, it's like this, I don't know. The thing with the, the thing with the series, I mean, it's 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 good. It, it does a does a good job, of like of, of um, not really like emphasizing continuity, because while it's for the most part, a lot of the stories are kind of just like you know, slice, like um, slice of life one shots, talking about how they um, how they adapt, how the characters adapt to things. It's also it's like there's also a bit of continuity going on, which I'll get to in a bit, because like I need to back up and talk about how the series focuses on um, Mitsu. Mitsu is a um, young, young kid, you know, just just out of just out of middle school. His dad well, um, was also a, a window washer, but he died under um, died or disappeared under mis- uh, mysterious circumstances. And cue, then, cue ominous music. Cue, cue ominous music. Yeah, <laughs> it's like we're, we haven't gotten the full story for, to his death yet, but I'm willing to get willing to bet that we'll find out. Um, make, we'll get that death in a bit more context as the series goes on. Now Mitsu, um, he's basically he's gone and joined the same guild that hit Windwashers Guild that his dad did. Now he's learning the ropes from his um, strict, from strict senpai um, Jun, like an old Jin, an older guy, who's just like he's kind of the, the cranky, um, cranky old. Oh yeah, you're not doing this doing this well enough yet. Like that kind of guy. He's he he be, he'd be played by Tommy Lee Jones in the American version. <laughs> he's, the yeah. se- he's the seasoned veteran. Yes, exactly. <laughs> And he also got uh, Mr. Kageyama, who was kind of like the bald, genial. It's like, oh yeah, it's like, hey, don't take this, don't take this too seriously. It's like he's like the good-humored um, soul of the, the guild. And there's also um, and and Makoto, who is basically the um, 
like the bitter, like the bitter veteran, who um, is still um, angry about the fact that um, one of its that um, one of its former members, Tamachi, who was working with Mitsu's dad, like when he when he died, was forced was forced forced out of the guild because of that circumstance. Now he's now Makoto's um thing is that for the first couple of volumes, he's taking this out on Mitsu in the sense that hey, you know, it's like I don't I don't like you. It's like everyone's forgotten about Tamachi, but you know, they're willing to give you a free ride, and I I can't accept that. So he's so for the first couple of volumes, he's kind of played as the as like you know. Well, the first one he gives you the sense that he's the antagonist, that he's the villain. But then, as things go on, it's like you start to realize he's more of an antagonist, someone who's just kind of opposed to Mitsu's status. And that's kind of, like, and I think that that um, Makoto's are kind of like emphasizes the appeal of like, you know, what I like about this series because you know, even though he was set up to be like you know, someone who's going to like, oh, I'm, I don't like you, and I'm going to hate you forever. Um, but then he he eventually we eventually get more um, nuance to his situation, like. For instance, we find out like when he when he's um, talking with um, his, with Tamachi and just asking him, like, "Why don't you come back to the guild?" You know, like everyone's forgotten about you, and they're going to give this Mitsu guy a free ride. And then Tamachi's like, "You know, it's like I just can't do it. Like, I mean, I've moved beyond this." And just like you know, the fact that you know when I was trying to like save Mitsu's dad, like I was pulling and pulling and pulling on this line that he had, and just nothing was happening. You know, just like it was just like slack. And then he pulled it up, and there's nothing. His dad wasn't there. So I mean, moments like that, like those are. Like said so that, that sort of humanize, like gives you like like humanizes the characters, and also gives you the idea, you know, that Makoto, like yeah, he's yeah he's a dick, but still, it's like he's actually he's not just like like being a dick because of because the story dictates it. He's he's he actually has genuine reasons for that, and also, and also Tamachi, make he's also even though he's not like one of the regular cast, like he's just um, like he. He's um, he he's works in the, in the sewage air in like in the sewage portion of 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 the ring, and now he's just like but he's also kind of just like I'm focusing on what do I want to do with my life? Do I want to do this for the? Do I want to do this or do I want to actually try to make effort to come back and come back and just like do do my former job? He's also got like a huge obsession with eggs because as as John knows, I mean like you know tamago, I mean short for um t- is a Japanese for egg. Yeah, and um. It's like, and as we found out in Volume Five, that um, his family has a huge fetish for egg crafting. Yeah, it's 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 bizarre, but it's but it's cute, and it's like, and you can, and makes sense within within the context of the world. And but like the whole, I mean, the whole supporting cast is like is interesting, including um like Sachi, the uh, it's like like the uh, like the, the, the um general the generally solitary um like per, like observer of the. Uh, of the damage done to, to the ring, but because she always, she's most of the time walking around in her, like like either in a suit or just like you know just mope, moping around with her with her long hair. At one point, Mitsu asks, you know, wait, are you actually a girl? And um, so like, it's like she's kind of like the, like the shut in, but she's like, but she's also a fun character. I mean, like a lot of the characters are generally enjoyable, and, and the thing is, um, even though the story is generally episodic. Um, Iwaoka actually does do a good job of utilizing continuity, especially in the fact that you know, cause, like there is like the mystery, like what is the um, is the Earth like now? You know, what and um, this is actually picked up on one of the the main subplot of the series, which um, has um, Sota, a uh, recent graduate who um, who was actually who actually retained Mitsu's um, guild to um, clean the window where he and his wife were married at. Um, it's like he's been recruited by a mysterious guy named um well not mysterious um a uh, guy with questionable intentions named M- Mr. Nishimaru 
who can't seem to remember um, Sota's name because he's always trying, oh, Pyota, Mota, Kota. It's like, it's like you just look at this, like the guy's got, um, the guy's obviously got some sort of like hidden agenda here. Like he's, oh no, it's not like he's got a hidden agenda. It's that like he's got, he's like more of an ends justifies the means guy. Because he's, um, he's basically employing Sota's uh, mechanical skills to help find a way to get a, a person to descend to the earth to find out what they're, what they're doing. Problem is, once he, he's more of the guy, you know, once you get down to the earth, you know, uh, you're, I don't care what you do there. You're just going to tell us what's going to happen. And if you want to get back, you know, hey, you're, you're on your own right there. So, so it's, so it's an interesting situation. And naturally, as these things go, me, um, Sota picks Mitsu like, as like their first potential pilot. Now, Sota is, he's, believes in this thing wholeheartedly. He's, he's drank, he's drunk the Kool-Aid on this, but he just hasn't realized, just, you know, that, that maybe, that um, Nishimaru doesn't have the best intentions for his characters. So, I mean, but there's all these, but there are all these little, like, subplots, such as, um, you know, I mean, the, uh, the effort to, um, to find out what's, uh, what's happening on Earth is the primary one. But um, you've also got um, Mr. Kagayama, who eventually, um, who eventually told his, like, eventually uh, has, like, washing windows has basically um, ruined his health. Like, all the ultraviolet rays you're exposed to, like, in the atmosphere, it's ruined his health, and he's got to stop doing this job he loves. And, um, basically, um, you know, and also just, like, you know, find a way to make a living after this. And also Jin's wife, who is, who was um, diagnosed with an immune deficiency syndrome, and how he's having to cope with her, it's like, despite his, despite his gruff exterior. The character, all, just like, all supporting character, um, are so well-developed. Which makes it um, annoying as hell for the fact that Mitsu um, is kind of characterized as this like saintly, like heart, like hardworking, it's like hardworking, self-sacrificing individual. Basically, like Mitsu is like he, we're just maybe, a lot of times we find out that yeah he wants to know about his dad yeah but he's also it's like oh I'm it's like I'm just work I'm working it's like you know I I like working I like washing windows I want I enjoy the work. And like I'm just gonna keep doing that. I mean, like he's more or less like kind of a vehicle for these other stories to be told. I mean, but but he has no real strong defining personality. Beside the fact, beside the fact that he's you know like well-meaning, hardworking, you know, self-sacrificing. I mean, and that's that's kind of disappointing. It's like it's because he's he's not really he, he's like he's not really complicated at all. He's more like a symbol. Just like trying, like like for these uh, for these stories that are trying to be told, that's not necessarily a bad thing when you've got like a strong supporting cast of this and like clear like you know like story goals, just you know finding out what's what's going on on Earth. And to be honest, like I guess that you know having Mitsu as as this kind of character makes perfect sense that he would be the kind of person who, who would volunteer to, you know to find out what's on Earth without knowing like you know specific specifics of am I going to get back get back to everyone again. So hey, that's one fault. Another issue that it's kind of like you know what matter of judgment and all is that um, Iwaoka uh, has kind of like a uh, a drawing style that is that is that is really detailed for the most part in the sense that you're getting all the nuts and bolts of the, of the ring where everyone lives. But you also have these characters who are kind of like um, oval shaped um, or oval shaped um, characters who don't resemble like you know real life real life people. I mean, it's like it kind of res- their appeal kind of like resolve, revolves around like and. An acceptance of artistic license here. I, mean, I I think it works because on one hand, um, you know, it's like yeah, it's like it worked. It's like even though it's like it might seem kind of odd when they're just doing like your normal size life stuff, it works great when she's emphasizing um, com- comedy 
or even sinisterness. Because like when you see Mr. Nishimaru, I mean, you're going to see thinking like, oh, that guy's up to no good. So that's that's the thing right there. And so it's it's so yeah, the art art is kind of a barrier, but I think it but I think it works um, based on what it is. Your mileage may vary, but there you go. Because I mean, like I think that now I'm to volume five and. Like, the more I read of it, the more, like I said, the more she brings in continuity. It's like, and it shows that there is an overarching story to this, to, to like, you know, to the char- to the characters. It's like, the more I, more I get involved in it. Mm-hmm. So, I know, I think that um, volume six um, might be the final volume. It would, be, um, based on what, what I've seen so far, it would be a good place to stop. But, you know, it's like, as it is right now, it's like, I don't want to keep, keep buying it. And, like I said, this is another... Yeah, it's another underappreciated sci-fi series that you know I think I think deserves a more sales than, what, than whatever it's getting right now. And to be honest, kudos to Viz for putting this out under their Sig Icky imprint. So it's so like I said, it's worth if you like good character-driven sci-fi. It's a great companion piece to Makoto Yukimura's um, like Planetus, the best um, best series that Tokyo Pop ever put out. So like so it comes highly recommend if you like this kind of stuff. And you know, one day like, I hope I'll talk. I will. I'll talk about a series that you know, just an under, a sci-fi series that you know doesn't deserve additional additional promotion. But there you go. See, and that's why you have this podcast, so you can highlight and bring these out and show people. Hey, look, people! There's something else out here that's worth one. What? So reading. I can force my obsessions on other people. You're exactly right, yes, John. Exactly right. Exactly <laughs> it. All right, and uh, I think that that's all the material you had for today, correct? Pretty, pretty much. I mean, next week, well, in two weeks, it's like well, we won't be recording from from San Jose, but we will be. But I will be talking about the first wave of DC's New Fifty Two series. All right, cool. New Fifty Two series. Yes. Mm-hmm. And what's what's that about? Yeah. You, no, uh, you're you're embarrassing yourself in front of my entire audience, John. Ah, uh, you know that's about yeah. It. That's that's the DC's re- relaunched happened yet last year where they relaunched every all that's their series right. from one, issue number one is number one issues. Let's see, it's a refresher. Yeah. <laughs> so I got first first trade paperbacks and hardcovers are coming out. I'm going to talk about the first wave of them, including Batman. All right. Everyone loves Batman. Everybody loves Batman, <laughs> and even more so this summer. All right. Yes. And I guess uh, we'll talk to you later. All right. See you, everyone. Bye. Bye.